The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Wow, we're just overloaded with stuff for you today. You ever have one of those times you're preparing for something, like in this case, the show, and the farther you go, the bigger the subject gets and the more compelling it gets, and you find yourself deep, deep in the abyss of sextortion, and that's what we're talking about today. This show is brought to you by Million Kids, that is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because over a million kids are traffic teacher throughout the world. And Million Kids is um, basically based out of Southern California, but we educate and train people all over the United States, and right now with this show all over the world. I want to take a minute and thank you all for the that follow us. We're just blown away when we get our numbers and the number of people, especially around the world, that are starting to tune in and share this show with other people. We can't do this show without you. And quite frankly, we cannot combat sex trafficking, sextortion, child pornography without your help. So we really appreciate it. I I speak uh, a lot throughout Southern California and people will come up to me and say, hey, I've listened to every one of your shows. And I want you to know that the shows are archived at Exploited Crimes. That's exploitedcrimes.com. And Susie Carpenter's on here with us. She's our media and marketing director. And I'm telling you, she's the best in the United States. We love having to get a chance to work with her. You want to say good morning, Susie? Good morning, Opal, and thank you so much. <laughs> this is, uh, we're really deep in the in the weeds with this stuff, I'll tell you. I can hardly uh, bring myself to, to uh, pick, a, pick a story and share it with you. By the way, if you're listening live, a lot of our people listen archived because they're in different time frames, uh, different areas of the United States or other countries. But if you're listening live here in the U.S., you can call in at 866-472-5788. Now, this is the second show that we've done on sextortion because last week we started talking about it and I didn't even get to a fourth of the material. And I made the mistake of trying to uh, prepare for it this time. And now I have where we're not going to get to a fourth of this material. So I don't know how we're going to handle this. But I will tell you that if you go to Million Kids 
on Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, log on to Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, and like us on Facebook. You will see many, many stories like this on a regular basis. Susie posts sometimes two and three times a day new cases. Now, they're cases of human trafficking, but... There are also cases of sex extortion and child pornography. And sometimes there are cases about technology because what is at the heart and soul of this is technology. Now, I'm going to tell you I'm a fan of technology. I'm not against it in any way, shape, or form. However, our world changed a while back, and that's the reason we now have a cases, as many cases as we do a sextortion. What sextortion is, basically, is blackmail with an illicit photo. But that's kind of an oversimplification. It can be very, very complex. Um, and that's one reason why it's difficult to kind of corral these shows and make it manageable. But for instance, you can be in a long-term relationship with someone and, you know, have sex and decide you're going to film it. Um, You probably need to have your head examined if you decide to do that. But if you do, the problem with it is at the time, it might seem like a good idea. But what you're not able to perceive is where do those photos go in the future? And that was risky 10 years ago. But now you have all kinds of ways to store photos, share photos, um, you know, pass them along to other people. And, you know, even if the person you're dealing with is honorable and decides to dissolve those photos, you never really know that they're gone. And on top of it, if you're sending them to each other on the Internet, let me, let me take a minute and talk about that. Did anybody ever promise you the Internet was private? I went to see Edward Snowden this week, I, uh, the movie. I didn't go see him personally, just the movie. I actually saw it twice. It's a fascinating movie. I highly recommend that you go and see it because it opens up a lot of dialogue, which is what I think the movie is all about. By the way, Oliver Stone did a very good job on that. I, I know that he's uh, left in his politics, but he wrote, went right down the middle on this show. And uh, it is very well done. But think about what is happening here. We have an Internet. Now, as Americans, we have a tendency to think we have a right to privacy. But the Internet is not an American thing. Okay, it started out with us, but it's a global thing. And nobody ever promised you it was private. And I can guarantee you it is not. More and more and more, you will see. Actually, let's put it the other way. Less and less and less as we progress, will it be private? So I was talking to a group of teenagers last night in a a class that I taught. And one of the things that's interesting, and, and it's actually out there, that some of these teenagers believe that they have to send the photo of their naked body before a guy will date them. They actually said that, you know, I'm like, really? Wow, times have changed, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, and you're like, okay, what's that first date going to be like? Because there's no surprises going on here. But, you know, the minute you send that photo, you think you're sending it only to your boyfriend. But that's not true because people can intercept that, and they do. You see, it can go from a relationship where you have the photos between you to simply being with an absolute stranger intercepting those photographs and putting them out there. 
Uh, there is malware now there's, that's going up. We're starting things called ransomware where they're hacking into a site. By the way, one of the things that, that you'll learn real quick if you go to the Edward Snowden movie is always keep a dot over the, uh, uh, over the video cam at your home because mm-hmm. they can get in. And they can take photos. And if you have photos in your own albums, they can hack into your site and get them. Once someone else has your photo, if they have it electronically, truthfully, you'll never know who it is. And you'll never know where they go until they start to blackmail you. And this is why it is such a a challenging subject to be able to talk about this. A lot of the cases that we're going to talk about today are people who are making a full-time job out of getting naked photos out of young girls and young guys. Why would they do that? Because they're pedophiles. And the world is full of pedophiles. The FBI, in a very controversial case, I, I don't disagree, it's called the Playpen case, and the FBI intercepted a child porn ring and, and actually operated it for two weeks. So, And they actually improved it, by the way. In fact, that's one of the arguments in court is that, look, if they had not improved it, I couldn't have been able to get on because the site was always slow. But in that site, they were able to identify 215,000 pedophiles. They just recently found a child porn site that had 30 million images of naked kids. And so you look at this, and the thing that it tells you is somebody's doing this full time. I mean, just to archive 30 million photos is a full-time job. But to solicit it. Now, last week, Susie read us a case that was an actual ring. And they actually played specific roles. Now, the kids thought that they were talking to one individual, but they had, uh, I can't even remember the term. Susie, do you remember that? I know one of them yeah. was loopers. What they, were those terms? Do you remember? They were the hunters. Uh, they were the ones that visited social media websites uh, to find minors and then bring them back to the other group members. And then they were transferred to the talkers who pro, uh, were the ones that were conversing with the minors, and, and then they would dare the minors to do things uh, that escalated into sexual activity. And then came the loopers, because if, if a minor kind of objected and didn't really want to do that, they would play a previously recorded video of an actual minor engaged in sexual activity, pretending to be that minor so that they could convince the victim to engage in the same kind of activity. And then you had watchers, who were uh, in charge of ensuring that no law enforcement members or other unwanted persons were present in the chat room. Well, this is, this is an interesting thing because there's no one MO that you find. Now, there's some trends in these. For instance, uh, some of these are being operated by child pornography rings, and this is happening because either, one, they want to satisfy, satisfy their pedophile sadistic uh, beliefs and uh, and fetishes, sometimes they're getting them in large quantity because they want to sell them to other pedophiles. Now, I, I really want you to think about that from a victim's point of view. You're a 13-year-old kid. You think you're talking to a 14-year-old boy. You're having a lot of fun. He sent you his or a photograph of somebody's, and you sent yours, and then your photo goes out there forever. So think about that from a victim point of view. This little girl 
Her sexual identity has been violated, but more important, she will be violated for the rest of her life. This is all happening because technology makes this available. She not only will be violated by the boy that got it, but that photograph will go out to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, now that we know there's 215,000 in one group, of pedophiles drooling over her body. And Photos have GPS on them, and many times they begin to reach back and and uh, reach out to that girl and start to blackmail her. Sometimes they want money on there, and sometimes they just want the power and control of being able to ruin this individual. And so you will see in the various cases that you see on our Facebook site, we're going to go through a few in the next segments of some cases, but you will see as you look at this, I want you to look at it from the standpoint of the victim, and then look at it from the standpoint of the perpetrator, what the heck is going on here? Are they selling it out? Are they just enjoying it themselves? Are they using it for prestige in the in the pedophile ring? Uh, you know, where are they engaging it in other groups of people? Are they trying to come over and meet up with this child and do physical harm with them? What are they trying to do? Do they want money? Because there are variations of this kind of thing, but it can't take place unless that child is playing on the Internet. And I'm going to tell you, as you start to look at some of the stories we're going to look at, you will see they specifically like to target that 10 to 14-year-old range because these kids don't have cognitive reasoning, because they're going through puberty, because they're reaching out in technology that nobody is supervising, and that is how it's coming to happen. So this is a whole new phenomena that is a global phenomena, and we don't have laws, we don't have law enforcement ready. We, this is a very challenging case to look at. So we're coming up against a hard break. Stay with us and we're going to get into some real cases here in the next section. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. 
That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are uh, talking about sextortion, Susie Carpenter and myself. My name is Opal Singleton. I work with me and kids, and we put on Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. And this week we are talking about sextortion, which is basically blackmail of various sorts. It doesn't always have to be for money. It can be blackmail for more videos, uh, more material. It can be blackmail for power and control. It can be blackmail for a meetup. It can be blackmail for material to put out in a child porn ring. But basically, sextortion is going through the internet, although a lot of times in some of these cases, they actually took the photos in person based on a relationship and then later uploaded them to the vid- uh, to the internet and threatened to extort them. The word sextortion is a combination of two words. It's sex and extortion. So it's sextortion. It's kind of a one of those new urban dictionary kind of words. Uh, sometimes you might see it under the word social engineering because of the, uh, the technology involved. Now, quite frankly, I don't like that term. Uh, it's just way too laundered for me, <laughs> too scrubbed up. I mean, mm-hmm. this is vile, vile stuff, and making it social engineering sounds progressive to me, so I don't like that. But I want to get on with looking at some stories here so that you can begin to feel how this works. So Susie's going to tell you about a case out of uh, Florida. Yeah, I was going to tell you about uh, Lucas Michael, uh, Michael Chancellor. He's 31 from St. John's, Florida. He uh, recently pled guilty to producing child pornography. He was targeting teen girls on various social networking sites and recording them and uh, recording the girls as they're exposing themselves. Uh, he then would blackmail them into giving him more and more graphic images and videos. If they did not, he threatened to send the photos he had to their friends and families. Authorities found more than 80,000 images and videos on his computer. FBI so far has identified 109 of his victims. There are likely hundreds more. As his victims so far are from 26 different U.S. states, Canada, and the U.K., the girls were 13 to 18 years old, and he said he targeted that age range because the older girls would not fall for his ploy. Wow. So I want to analyze this. Now, those of you who know me know that I look at every human trafficking case in America every day and every child pornography case. And we have people who volunteer with me and kids that are helping us with our research and, and archiving this information and building resources for you to be able to look at that. When I look at these cases, the reason I do that is because I educate literally tens of thousands of people. The, one of the purposes of my starting this show, Exploited Show, is to educate first responders and law enforcement and social workers and pastors and teachers and leaders throughout the world about how to deal with this. So I want to stop and delve deep into this case so that you can see how we think about it. You know, most people will read this case and go, wow, 80,000 images, that guy's really sick, and these girls must have been scared to death, and they will pass on. But that is not going to fix that problem. That is not the kind of thinking we need. I look at every case from the standpoint of the victim, the predator, and law enforcement. So let's take this case. Let's talk first about the predator. Here's a guy, he's 31. Now, he must have been doing this 24 hours a day because he's soliciting 
thousands of images from hundreds of girls. Now, I believe there might be thousands of girls. Now, as Susie said, he's targeting these kids that are under 18, and they ask him why, and he said because the older girls wouldn't fall for it. So let's talk about that from a predator point of view. This guy has a very narrow scope, and he must be doing this nearly 24 hours a day if he's got that number of images involved. Now, I know that there must be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of victims if he has 80,000 images. Now, they didn't say that he took all photos of all 80,000 himself. That leads me to believe he's part of a child porn ring. So why would someone spend all day, every day, doing this kind of thing? I mean, did he even have a job? It takes a lot of time to uh, literally do this. You know, these kids aren't always as easy as this makes it sound. Now, one of the things we know about a predator is they start with one site. They'll often start with the kick messenger. Now, the kick messenger is an instant message, okay? It's like Yahoo Messenger or WhatsApp, uh, or excuse me, WhatsApp. WhatsApp has over a billion followers. I think it's a one that's somewhat new to the United States, but we're starting to see it everywhere. Now, why is a child on Kick or WhatsApp? Because they like to talk to strangers, and that makes it easy for this pedophile to find find kids. Some of you have often heard me refer to a, a survey I did at a high school. And in that high school here in Southern California, and by the way, it's not unique. I take surveys regularly, and and these numbers hold true. 80% of the kids in that high school were on KIK, K-I-K, instant message. Now, why they're on there is they like to talk to and meet up with total strangers. They don't see the danger in it. 80% had had, uh, received a message from a stranger that was on that. So 80% of the kids are using Kick. 80% are receiving a message from a stranger and 50% are replying to that stranger. So that's how somebody like Lucas Chancellor finds a kid. So if your child is on Kick, that's a start. Looking at it from the victim's standpoint, we need to set our kids down and talk about what happens when you don't know who's on the other end. Because these kids think it's just a, a lark a kick, if you will, to play on words, to meet total strangers. And that's how they're so easy. This guy here, he's trolling through kick, through WhatsApp, and one of the MOs of sextortion or pornographers that are sextorting kids is to go from app to app to app. So now this is why it's so hard for parents and law enforcement because they may start on kick, but they might, if it's a boy, they'll often start on Grindr, G-R-I-N-D-R. That's a popular meetup site. Maybe they start on Tinder. It's a dating site. Um, they, they might start on meetup. That's a common one on some of those. So they'll start on various sites. They may start on Facebook. As, as Susie said, that ring would troll through Facebook. And you will see many of these cases start on Facebook. And they build a relationship. And that's what this guy would do. And he would go back and forth. Do you realize how much time it takes? Many of these guys keep notebooks. They operate under multiple names on there. And so they'll say, okay, here's Susie. And, okay, sorry to play on your name, Susie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. But here's Susie. And under Susie, he's going to be Tweety Toots. Okay, and then under Debbie, he's going to be, you know, Darth Vader or somebody. He's going to have different names and he's going to go back and forth 
between different um, apps and chat rooms. And it progresses. Now, the reason he's going back and forth is he doesn't want to get caught. It's harder to track somebody. And he knows how time-consuming this is for law enforcement. Now, put yourself in the role of law enforcement. You get a call here from one of these kids' parents. And they're saying, you know, my daughter's talking to a guy and he wants some naked photos. Now, law enforcement's really busy. And besides, look at this case. This is taking place in how many different states? 39 different states or something like that, plus uh, 26 states and the U.K. and Canada. So, okay, let's suppose you're in Beaumont, California, and you have a small police thing, and you're going, well, nothing really happened here. So even if it's reported, the, the, the cop, you know, well, I don't see anybody got violated here. You see, it's perceived as a victimless crime. And right now, okay, she sent a naked photo. Well, you know, why don't you talk to your child about not sending naked photos? That's the initial philosophy here. So it doesn't get turned in to a national organization where there's ability to take this out and realize that this is going on in multiple areas. They may take a look at the Kick app and say, okay, he sent one, she sent one, don't do it again, and go away, because he won't know to then begin to look at Skype and Grindr and all these other sites where they're meeting up. And so there's a huge problem in law enforcement and jurisdiction, perception that this is not a victimless crime, understanding how to go about finding this guy under a false name who may be in Florida, but is uh, going after a kid in Kansas. So there's these complications plus the laws involved. You know, how, how do you uh, file a jurisdiction if you don't up this out of the local community and get it into Homeland Security where in a national or international database, then you have those challenges in prosecuting this crime. But that is what these pedophiles are depending on, and that is why this is such a huge growing crime. This crime, I believe, will out, out uh, I don't know a word for it actually, you know, it will be much bigger than even sex trafficking. Because there are so many more victims, victims who will never be identified, and this perception that they participated in the crime. It's a little bit like I've been fighting human trafficking now for eight years, and uh, geez, can't believe that. (laughs) Anyway, I was very young then. Anyway, but when we first started, people did not see the victim. Uh, role in this. Their attitude was, hey, she went with them, and she's not a victim. She's a participant. And that's where we are with sextortion. It's not seen as a victimless crime, because in many of these cases, that photo then goes off to a child porn ring, Mm -hmm. and they can't track it back to seeing the actual victim and how much they're hurting. But think about this. You're 14 years old, You're starting out in your sexual identity, your moral identity, and your photograph is being drooled over by 30,000 pedophiles for the rest of your life. You'll never get it back. And they began to run your GPS on the back of the photo, began to reach out to you. Now, when it reaches a point where you're starting to have hundreds of people contact you, then law enforcement all of a sudden is going, well, I think we got a victim here. This girl's suicidal. Well, I also want to think about it in the point of view of the parent. You know, 
is the parent understanding the changes taking place in their child. That child needs counseling. I mean, first of all, let's look back at Susie's case here. She's got 80,000 images. So I can guarantee you there's probably at least 5,000 victims, maybe a lot more. And those victims have multiple photos. So that means that they have been blackmailed over and over. Give me more photos, they'll say. And you go, no. And they go, I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to put you on Facebook. I'm going to show this to all your friends. I'm going to put it out on Kick so everybody sees it. This child is being blackmailed over and over. They may become suicidal. So there are multiple layers to analyzing a sextortion case. That's what makes show prep so hard for this show because there's so much to talk about here and look at. I want to get the attention of parents and teachers and realize just how devastating even one photo is for a child. This is a life-changing event, and that child's going to need help. They're going to need uh, counseling. The parent's going to need help in not judging them and providing them with the grace they need. We need to get law enforcement to change their approach to this, and we need to learn to escalate this. Well, that was a fast segment, wasn't it, Susie? <laughs> okay, <laughs> stay with us. We'll be right back, and we're going to hit some more cases. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, welcome back. We are deep in the weeds talking about sextortion here. And uh, this is just, uh, I believe this is the crime of the future, the crime wave of the future. I believe that this will be a global epidemic as literally technology is changing and expanding this and increasing the capabilities and making it harder and harder and harder to find these cases. If you should want to call in, m- many of our people listen to this by archive, by the way, and but you 
you, if you're live this time of morning, if you're up at 7 a.m. because you have no life in Southern California. But anyway, uh, but back east, you're deep in the work work uh, area. But if you want to call in, it's 866-472-5788. Let me say that again. 866-472-5788. And you can also go to exploitedcrimes.com. One of the things that we encourage you to do is if you're a church or a synagogue or a ward or if you're a a nonprofit like a Rotary or an AAUW and you want to archive our show, you can. You get a hold of me at opal at meandkids.org and ask for an embed code. And you can put this right on your website. And that way you have access to all the archived shows and that way you can train all your members and it is absolutely free. Absolutely free. We want this show to go out to, especially missionaries around the world, because this is happening overseas. I have a study here from where this is happening out of Asia. I mean, this thing is like uh, four inches thick. I'll never get through reading all of it, but it is huge all around the world, this crime, and we must take it on. So we have been talking about sextortion of young girls, 13 to 18, but we know this happens to boys. So I'm going to turn it over to Susie and let her tell you about a case with boys. Yeah, this week um, we did have another case come out of Florida, ironically, and it did involve boys. Um, I'm going to read directly from the, the news article. Uh, Brandy Riola's 12-year-old son has Instagram, and Riola said she didn't even know that direct or private messages could be sent on the app. She soon learned someone was reaching to her son and asking for explicit photos. Many kids her son's age have Instagram, and Riola said her son began following someone who he believed was also in middle school. Soon, that person started sending him private messages. Her nephew was also messaged by the same person. A pornographic picture was sent just randomly through the DM, which is direct message for those of you who don't know, to my nephew, and then looking through my son's stuff, also to my son. Earlier this month, she said her son began being harassed by the person on the other end. He, she, I don't know, wanted a picture of my son's private parts. She said she wanted to find out who the account belonged to and then began wondering if it really was a middle school student at all. The account said it's a 14-year-old who has only posted three pictures, a headline that reads DM for some fun, and a list, she said, of disturbing friends. I looked at it and my gut just dropped because I saw every one of those pages was a little boy. She said she then filed a police report with the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office but was told it would be difficult to track. CCSO, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, said they would forward the allegation Uh, allegation to Punta Gorda police. Deputies assured her no one is in immediate danger. She said, you can't say no one's in immediate danger when you don't know who's behind it. We don't know that it's not a janitor in the school. We don't know that it's someone serving them food in the cafeteria. Um, So that brought up some of your same points, Opal, that law enforcement doesn't know what to do with some of these cases. Um, and, And it is so far reaching Let me interject here for a minute. First Mm -hmm. of all, hats off to that parent. You know, in most of the cases, the parents have no idea this is going on until the child's behavior changes. Now, it doesn't sound like the boy sent anything back to them. And that is excellent. But what was important here is that parent intervened early. 
and and they talked about it, and they talked about it so that the nep- they knew about the nephew too. Now I give this woman a lot of credit. She's I mean, if they're sending him photos of other little boys, somebody is being hurt here, aren't they? And so again, it's not a victimless crime. Somewhere, somehow, these guys got a hold of other photos that they've sent to this boy. So this is child pornography and needs to be escalated. And I I just want to take a minute and applaud that woman, that mother, because she's involved. Now, I'm going to tell you that I know it's very hard to keep smartphones from 12-year-old kids. I get it. You know, trust me, I understand the world changed about three years ago when we started handing 10, 11, 12-year-old kids these phones. But here's my point. That child is in puberty, and now they're being exposed. And that is the danger when you hand a very young kid who has not gone through puberty a cell phone that can reach the outside world. Now, I'm not... I'm not uh, I'm not trying to be negative here in this case because the kid had a phone. The mother was all over this, and she had that dialogue with that son to say, okay, he looks like a 14-year-old boy. You think he's from your school, but how do you know? So this is a wonderful teaching moment, which she has handled beautifully, and that is important. Now, what isn't beautiful is the challenges to law enforcement. And, you know, she is absolutely right. This needs to be escalated to the FBI because these people are part of a child porn ring. I can tell you that. So go ahead with your analysis. But I I wanted to put that in there because congratulations, moms. And if you're listening to this show, you're a concerned parent, I know. So thank you for the people that are doing this and fighting this fight with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the other thing is Instagram does have a report button inside the app and they do forward anything suspicious like that to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, by the way, you can you can put in cyber tips uh, at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children if, if uh, you feel that there is something suspicious going on on some social media uh, application that your child is using. You can report that directly to NECMEC, you said? That's correct. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, I believe it is CyberTip. I'll have to look it up real quick for you. Oh, CyberTip. Yeah, I, I have that around here. CyberTip, you bet. CyberTip line. It's uh, missingkids.org slash CyberTip line. Uh, and you can report anything like uh, any kind of sextortion, anything you think looks like uh someone is trying to get naked pictures of your child uh, right right to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Their role then is to look at it and then forward it to the appropriate authorities because, you know, a lot, as you and I, as you and I know, Opal, a lot of different um, law enforcement agencies are, are involved at different levels of this. I mean, sometimes it's the FBI, sometimes it's Homeland Security. You know, who do we report it to? Yeah. So, just send it to NECMEC. Uh, they'll make sure it gets to the proper one. I think, that, I think that that's good. I think it is important to take it to your local police and say, do you have a cyber crimes unit uh, or a safe unit, a sex, sexual assault unit? 
uh, that they can report it to, but I think it also needs to be reported to that cyber tip line. And that's cyber, C-Y-B-E-R, if you're not able to uh, tell since this is radio. But, uh, but I would also file a police report. Part of it is so your child understands this is a crime. You see, we're treating it. This is why I don't like the word social engineering. It, we're treating it it's like it's some social fupa. This is not a social fupa. This is your child exposed for a lifetime to a child pornography ring and sextortion being berated, degraded by total pedophiles. And, you know, once they get that photo, by the way, they sent those photos, as you can see from the cases Susie and I talk about. They send them to other people to use them for allure. You know, see, this is what it looks like. And so your child is violated over and over. So it isn't a social football. We're talking about a significant crime that we need to stop and take a look at this trend and find ways to be all over this. This is a criminal violation of your child, even if your child willingly walked into it. And and while I'm on a roll here, bear with me while I'm <laughs> on my soapbox, but let me tell you one more thing, especially parents. Please listen to this. You go start going through your kid's phone, and I hope you do. By the way, I hope you do. I'm not crazy about policing. Go through your child's phone with an attitude of, you know, we're going to learn this together. You're the first generation that's ever had this much opportunity to reach the entire world, and I want you to be a leader in it, and I'm going to help you, and you're going to teach me how this works. So don't play necessarily cop, like, give me that, what are you doing? That isn't the way to handle this. The thing I would say to you is sit with them and say, I want you to be safe. And I want to learn about it myself. So we're going to do this together. You're going to be a leader in this because you have an amazing opportunity here. But I don't want you to be a victim. And so I own this phone. And I'm loaning it to you every day. But I am going to look at it. And if you go through and you see a naked photo of your child or another child, your first impulse is to erase that photo. Do not do that. Overcome your shame, your embarrassment, your panic, your fear. Overcome all those emotions. Just go somewhere, sit down, be quiet, and say a little prayer, okay? Calm down, be cool, and do not delete that photo. That is evidence. And the police can use that photo because for all you know, that photo is going around the world in a child porn ring. If you delete that photo, they're not going to be able to find where it's going, and who's doing it. And many times in some of these cases, they'll actually, if you are, you know, and, and the next thing I would say is don't go on to the predator and play the role of your child and start to intercept. A lot of people like to be homegrown sleuths, okay, little private detectives. Well, before you do that, go to the police and give them the opportunity to do that. Don't alert the predator that you know what's going on. Take all of this to the police, including the naked video of your child. Now, the thing you need to do also with your child is get them counseling. Sit down with that child and let them go to a private counselor and work through it. But also, if you're starting to see your child panic and they want to mow the lawn, that was the case I had about three weeks ago. Father told me, he said, all of a sudden, Jason came in and wanted to mow the lawn. I knew that kid was in trouble. And, you know, sure enough, he had a naked photo. He sat down as a father to son and said, hey, son, you know, you shouldn't have done this and we can't get it back. You are going to have to learn and, and live with this forever. There's nothing we can do about it. But we are not paying this guy money 
and you are not making any more photos because there's never enough for these guys and we don't have enough money. So parents, let me reiterate, we're coming up against a hard break here. One, don't delete the photo. Get over it, get calm and take it to the police. Two is don't just take this guy on yourself. Give the police an opportunity. Maybe they'll want to go in and pretend to be him because your child's not the first and they won't be the last and he's probably part of a large-scale ring. We need serious law enforcement to be able to track these down. As you can see in that first case, 80,000 images, 109 victims. So be cool. Go to the law enforcement. Get your kids some counseling. Don't shame your child because this is sex. This is their first sexual experience. You and your child go and get some professional help to help them work through it, whether it's male or female, so that they have a positive sexual image, even though they've allowed themselves in a position to be violated. So don't get all emotional. Don't get all crazy. They need you to be the adult here. You're the one that bought them the phone. You're the one that lets them have the phone, set them work with them through the phone. Let's help them take them through where this is advancing through in technology, but help them with that sexual identity that give them grace. We all need grace. And trust me, grace and salvation needs to start in the home with the parent on their side, giving them support. But then there's nothing wrong with no. I don't believe you're going to have that phone for a week or two while we work through this. So don't be afraid to say no, but remember no is a very short sentence and we need dialogue here. So we're going to take a break. We're going to look at some more cases. Susie's going to give us some insight. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We need a hard break and uh, uh, a chance to sell something here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about sextortion. That is a literally blackmail with usually a nude photo. And it can take place in all kinds of ways. One of the things that we really encourage you to do is, first of all, engage with us. We have rerun a Facebook page that I believe is the absolute best in the nation in this subject. And by the way, you can access it all around the world. We are building a Million Kids Global Facebook. But in the meantime, come on to our Facebook and let us know who you are. Let us know that you're listening and what you think about what we're saying on this show. We'd really appreciate your feedback. Just go to Me and Kids on Facebook and you'll see it right there and and go on and say, my name is, and I listen to Exploited, and this is what I learned, and and uh, I want to share this with others, or I know of this case, or like that. Another way to learn about this is to purchase the book Seduced, Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. I wrote that book and never really intended to. I always say God wrote the book, and I typed it because we did it in three weeks, and I don't have a clue what we're doing, but it is in its fourth printing, and it's a five-star book on Amazon. And you can buy it at Amazon.com, but you can also buy it at MillionKids.org. And if you do that, more of the money, most of the money, goes to supporting the work of Million Kids and help support this broadcast. By the way, if you want to support the work of Million Kids, including this broadcast, you can donate to us by going to MillionKids.org. And you can donate to us. And I'm going to tell you, I don't do very much fundraising. I'm not really good at it. I'm so passionate about doing the work. Uh, and I really, really appreciate the people who send us money. And if you want to do that, I will tell you, I'll be grateful, very, very grateful. I put literally over 40,000 miles a year on my car uh, doing this. We do this about 70 hours a week. And I personally do not take pay from me and kids. So, you know, all the when you donate to me, and kids, you go to saving people and educating our kids. So if you could do that, I'd really, really appreciate that. So the book is Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's $16 and we take cash and checks and all kinds of things. So enough of that. I want to get back to Susie. You have some more case there that you want to talk about, right? Uh, I I didn't have any other cases to talk about. What I did want to mention was that I just... On our training blog, I just put the link to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Cyber Tip Line. You can find our training blog by going to millionkids.org, scroll down to the column that says online training, and click the follow button. From there, you'll see every show and the cases that we discussed. There'll be a link to the case, and you can then read it for yourself. it helps if, you know, when you're listening along to the show, you can follow along and see the actual case on your computer. Um, I added a couple this week that I thought would be really helpful to parents. Uh, there was a couple articles. One is, could your kids spot an online predator? Could you? Uh, the other one is, how, how predators use social media to groom victims. There's another article just on grooming. Uh, And then again, like I said, the link to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Cyber Tip Line is there. And by the way, that is not just for cases of sextortion. That is also if you suspect uh, uh, child exploitation of any kind um, and uh, sex trafficking. So uh, any anything like that, you can report to this cyber tip line um, uh, as well as, like Opal said, to your local police department. Um, They also take cases for missing children as well. Hey, Susie, didn't you tell me that we're now on iTunes? 
Uh, we have been on iTunes. Yeah, you can find the show on iTunes, which is I found really handy because I can I can load up uh, the show right on my uh, my iPhone. I can plug that right into my car and I can listen as I'm driving. And that that includes whether we're live or if I'm listening to a rebroadcast show. Oh, wow. We really need to promote that, I think, on our yeah. Facebook page because yeah. uh, it's basically here in Southern California where everybody's commuting. Well, I spent hours coming up with cases, and I have stacks and stacks of cases here that I just don't have time to go through. I, one of them I'm looking at right here, and, and as you're on our Facebook page, you'll see this is happening like every day. This is not a minor thing that is happening. I'm looking at one, an older case here, Greg Matthews. He met young girls on Kick, and you know, as we talk about, that's an instant messaging app. They just have to get that door open. What they do is build a fantasy relationship with your child. And this is true if, you know, you would not believe the number of boys that this happens to. This often happens in video games. Many of you have heard me talk about that when I uh, do my presentations. Guys are so vulnerable in video games because they're in there shooting it up, having a great time, watching their score go up, and everything is really good and they let their guard down. They're living in a fantasy world, and all of a sudden, they seem like all those people on their team. Think about the impact of that. You're absolutely loyal to your teammates. That's how we're groomed. We teach them that from from uh, soccer and from, from games from a very young age, and they're in there playing a video game, and all of a sudden, a girl comes in and tricks them and starts to send a photo. We need to have education with our kids. The minute you get a photo from another person, that every child ought to be trained right then and there. I don't care how well you know that photo of that person. I don't know if you've been, I don't care if you've been playing video games with them for, for nine months. The minute you see a naked photo, that should just become a huge red flag that you are about to be trapped. One of the the things I did when I first started this business is I wrote a program called The Love Trap. And I've been thinking I need to bring that back because it is the love trap that is getting these kids in there. The minute you send that photo, that trap is snapped shut and you are locked in there. And I've been thinking about uh, kind of bringing that back to help kids understand a naked photo ought to be a red flag. Once it's sent, whether it's in person or whether it's sent on the Internet, even if you send it only to your boyfriend, you are trapped because the minute you release that, you have given up all freedom and you immediately are putting yourself in a position of compromise. And we need that dialogue. I, I, I cannot tell you, this needs to be an international conversation because there are so many ways that it can disappear and be used on you and change your life forever. We need to find ways to change the laws on this because there aren't clear laws about this. One of the problems with law enforcement, think about this. In fact, this happened in a, in a very controversial case of playpen. They got the search warrant in Virginia, but their perpetrators in Oklahoma, as in the case here that you see a Michael Chancellor, they get the search warrant out of St. John's, Florida, 
but the perpetrator is in 26 different states plus two other countries. So we need new laws to be able to go after this. We need to change the mindset of this not being a victimless crime, that people are forever being violated even if they have not been touched. We need to educate uh, licensed marriage and family therapists on how to help people through Uh, sexual exploitation where there is not a physical touch involved in it. We need to help kids and therapists understand what is the impact that happens here when, when a child is forced to look at a video and where two children are engaged in sex and they're viewing that. That has its own kind of shame. Or what if it's that child engaged in sex with another child and then finding out that literally 30,000 perverts have drooled over that photo? We need to take this on. There is just, you know, pounds and pounds of evidence. So I'm asking you to write into us. Let us know who you are. Get involved with us. If you want to donate, that would help. Educate yourself by reading Seduce, the Grooming of America's Teenagers. Follow us on Facebook because you're going to see these cases. Comment on the cases. These cases aren't there just to be repulsive. They're there so you can look at it from the standpoint of the predator, the victim, and law enforcement. And finally, thank you. Thank you for following us. Thank you for listening to this. Share this with your friends. Share it with your family. Put it on your church website. Get engaged. And we will see you next week at Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and Susie Carpenter, and we really appreciate you. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.